Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. I am here alongside Mr. Sin for the win, but an absent Ando Mills today. It's a shame. Rogers got him. John Rogers. <laughs> Hold him hostage. Just holding. You will do this shitty commercial for me. Needs to switch over to to Tim Bell or whoever the fuck made Bell uh, communications in Canada. Damn you, Rogers, for taking down our boy. But uh, Endo should hopefully be back next week. But then that complicates things because Sen and I are gone. (laughs) The podcast is in distress. But we will get through all of this together, and we thank you for joining us here today. Sid and I are still here to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs and everything going on in the hockey world. Sin, today you and I are fresh off of, dare I say, an elite broadcast. Yeah, that was intense. With our friends at Sports Gamer. And of course, sportsgamer.gg. The reason Sin and I are going to Finland. Less than a week now for Sin. A week for me basically, from today. Shit's nuts. Shit's crazy. That'll obviously, again, complicate our ability to likely cover the first few games of the Stanley Cup Final. (laughs) But, hey, we do the best that we gotta do. Set aside from that, how are you? How was your weekend? What's happening? It was a pretty good weekend. I've been really busy. Like, just trying to squeeze in a bunch of things before I leave. So, I've been kind of all over the place here to, like, we're at the point where I'm just, like, running out of (laughs) juice. Like, in every single sense of the word. I'm just like, now I'm like, fuck, all the things that I want to do, some of them I'm having to not do because I need to do shit. So that's, mm. yeah, that's not fun. But, you know, it would be great when I'm in Helsinki and not having to worry about anything. You might have switched over to a webcam mic again, literally in the middle of talking. <laughs> the fuck? I think you did. I think you did. I think it happened. We'll see. We'll see if that's the case or not. We'll continue on, but I certainly understand your. Yeah, uh, your it just. Up. I don't. I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, it just <laughs> switched my fi- like, and then it wasn't showing up in my Discord setting. So that's fucking awesome. Why? You know, I think when we're back, I have I have an alternative plan B, uh, of different ways to record the podcast, and we'll talk more about that later on. But if you thought the audio audio quality was lacking. Wait until you hear Sin's webcam audio. <laughs> oh, God. But I fully understand your, your deal. Like, I have a quote-unquote short list of things to do on my notes app before leaving. It's not short. Yeah. There's <laughs> just it's not enough time, I swear to God. But we will get through it. Uh, we want to get right down to business with today's show. So as always, before we can do that, we need to mention that this lovely podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends over at Manscaped. Again, as always, you can use code Tukey at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping. Again, it is the code Tukey, T-O-U-G-I-E, at manscaped.com. Again, they got deals going on. Father's Day is coming up. We talked all about the hedges last weekend. Uh, yes, we did. <laughs> There's so much. Again, Manscaped offers so much head to toe. They got you covered. Or I guess they can help you uncover because it's trimming. Mm. Code Toogie, Manscaped. Thank them. Thank you. We do. Let's get into your viewer questions. As always, in the description, video or audio wise, you can find a link to the Discord. And we'll start off the viewer questions here with what I'm going to deem a triple whammy. First question from Reds Rebels. How much of an asshole is Endo? Yes. 
<laughs> From Big Nate, how much to shave Endo's head? Well, the good news is Endo is not currently in a, in a position, thanks to uh, being bent over by his Rogers overlords. He's not really in a position to decline an offer, Nate, so now is the perfect time to put out an offer. I don't know if he'll be able to say no. Yeah. NHL GM <laughs> should use this tactic, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and from Dima, does Endo is... Wait, does is Endo a douche for not being on the podcast in the, uh, in the style just, of does Bruno Mars is gay? Oh. Does Endo is a douche? There you go. I was wondering, I'm like, wait a sec, is that a typo? No, it was... Oh, this is what you get, Endo, for missing a show. Just getting this. piled on. <laughs> Just dunked on. <laughs> we have the best viewers, I swear. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you, everybody, for that. Our first real question comes from uh, comes from Scroopy, who is here to save the day with questions a lot of the time. Scroopy, we thank you for that. What is your favorite South Park episode? This is tough. Now, Sin... I know you're a pretty big South Park guy. Yeah. I've gone in waves between really being into it and being like super, super burned out on it. So it might, like, a lot of recent episodes I haven't seen. Um, you know, I've certainly seen all the classics, though. Yeah. There's, uh, fuck, man. I, honestly, for me, it's probably going to have to be Make Love, Not Warcraft. Uh, it was yeah. such a great episode. They're so good at, to obviously, making fun of topical things. They fucking hit the nail on the head with that. And I love how so much Blizzard helped with the animation. That was when back when mm. Blizzard was fucking cool. And not the piece of shit that they became uh, when Activision yeah. took them. Oh, the Guitar Hero episode comes to mind as well for that reason. Talk about topical. He's so good. He could play the Guitar Hero acoustic. Just, As Kanye's continued to go downhill, the Fish Sticks episode yeah. comes to mind quite a bit. If I can do a sequence of episodes, it was the three Game of Thrones epi episodes in, in in a row. Song of Ass and Fire. Oh my god, it's great because it, it like merges like game of, making fun of Games of Thrones with like with with what Black Friday is, and just like everyone's like dying and shit. Oh, no, okay. Okay, yep, yep, you, you need to explain a little bit, but yeah, yeah. okay, I did see those. They could uh, suck my, my favorite vagina. <laughs> my last suggestion as Sin loses his mind is the uh, the wrestling episode. Oh, yeah. The, rest, the wrestling episode is absolutely up there. It's probably the most recent episode that I saw, actually, when I uh, last went to AEW uh, in Boston. In Vince April. McMahon scouts him and shit. And they're just the, uh -huh. whole, the whole time, they're just talking on microphones back and forth. Uh. We came back to the hotel, and that was on TV, and we're like, well, we have to watch it. We just got back from a wrestling yeah. event. Um, yeah, that one's an all-time classic. Yeah. So there are some good ones. It's not... It's not in my upper echelon of shows, like, all time. I respect it, though. I think there are other shows that I would I would go and watch instead, but... Yeah, I'm the same way, Like, but I still love South Park, because that, like, introduced me to adult cartoon. Like, that was, like, the introduction I had to adult cartoons, and, like... Yeah. So that yeah. that's probably the reason I've gotten a family guy, and then everything after that, like... That's... Yeah, that's fair, actually. Do you remember the first time you saw the movie? The South Park movie? Yeah. Yeah. Because for me, it was staying up late on a weekend oh, until they go. played it at like midnight. There you go. Uh, I can't remember when I saw it, but yeah, I do. I th oh, man. 
Damn, yeah, that's going way back. That was like... Isn't it? <laughs> that was like in the year 2000 or something. Because I remember they used Yeah, clips. it came out in like 99, 2000, yeah. somewhere around that. they used clips of that in the Bowling for Columbine movie, which was obviously that mm. first big Michael Moore documentary after Columbine. Yeah. Didn't think we'd get a Columbine reference on the my show, bad, but sorry. here we are. No, it's okay. It's just you never know where a conversation's going to go. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, we'll move on, though. I think we answered Scroopy's question pretty well. This comes from Piney, the main event of questions. Now, I had people react to this, so I didn't read it. I heard a lot of what the fuck, Piney's, in response, so let's see. Which would you rather... Every time someone says your name, you sneeze out a dollar bill. But every shirt you wear has your name on the front in big letters. <laughs> so. <laughs> what the hell is this next part? So hold on. The first one again to repeat this. Every time someone says your name, you sneeze out a dollar bill. But every shirt you wear has your name on the front oh, in I big letters. You know, you could be rich like that, eh? Second one. Or any time you have to poop, you can point at a person and transfer your poop magically to another, but everything you eat and drink forever tastes like soap. Uh, you go with the sneeze one, obviously. Easily. Yeah, like, that's not even a question. Like, eating is incredible. You want to enjoy that. That's why we have the senses. Our whole point in life is to stimulate our senses and alter our mind and consciousness. Yeah. Uh... So, yeah. And another way you can do that is to have more free time. And to have more free time, you can fucking sneeze out money, apparently, every time. Like, that's that's great. It's a trap. Like, you always have the shirt on. People might just walk by and you and say the name on your shirt. Like, it's tremendous. Right. Like, I don't... Like, so I can imagine, like, sneezing a dollar bill. Like, does it get stuck or is it just a chew when it's there? Yeah, that's Like, good. that's the question. But also, that would make me the most popular person in the strip club. Absolutely. Especially, Where's the downside? Especially if those here, girls man? have a grime fetish, man. <laughs> Versus not only having everything taste like soap, but not being able to poop. I'm, I'm not like Kim Jong Un over here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but there are some times. Like, pooping isn't inherently negative. No, it's good. You know? What else do I get to just sit on my phone uninterrupted? <laughs> <laughs> what else, when my phone's dead, do I get to grab an old video game, video game case and read the back of it and the instruction booklet? Yeah. What else, I say? Am I the only one that does that? <laughs> you need reading material, man. Yeah, you got it. Um, you forget your phone, you what do you do? You read the back of the Lysol thing? <laughs> Shampoo bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I got that memorized. <laughs> oh, God. Piney, I mean, hell of a question, but there's only one answer there, clearly. Uh, from PK Subban Enthusiast, do you think the Flyers can still run it back with this roster and improve upon it, or do you think they should clean house? I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to keep it real with you, Chiefs. The Flyers mean very little to me. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. Like They should probably clean it. I don't fucking know. They got rid of Giroux. You essentially already cleaned house because he was the only thing holding that fucking household together. Yeah, I mean, they already started the process, basically, right? Yeah. So, Commit. why 
Yeah, why why pretend there's any build around Rasmus Ristolainen for five years? <laughs> so uh, people on Twitch know this. Uh, so for anybody that doesn't uh, catch the uh, or aren't able to catch the Twitch streams, um, we did a series this past week and weekend on my main YouTube channel uh, that was doing a tournament based off of having teams or having teams built of like former first rounders, former second rounders, so on and so forth. So it was an eight team tournament rounds one through seven in UDFAs only. Uh, there was a comment left of another suggestion, and I'm going to run with this as well, of putting the draft classes together. So, like, the 2005 class has their team, so on and so forth, all the way up to 2021. I was shocked. Rasmus Ristolainen is good enough in scoring to make the 2013 team as a defenseman. <laughs> shocked. But also, what does that say about the 2013 team that they have Rasmus Ristolainen on defense? We'll have that uh, that series out soon. It might even start on the weekend or once we're already in Finland, but I'm very intrigued to see the outcome of that series. Yeah, uh, so it took about like, three hours to put all the teams together. Was that the Hurdle cool. draft year or was he 2012? Shit. Uh, one of the two. Let's see. 2013 was, I mean, the offense is stacked, like McKinnon, Barkoff, people like that, I believe. Yeah, he was 2012. Yeah, he was the year before. Yeah. There are some there are some interesting teams. There are some garbage teams. The 2007 team, uh, none of the goalies that were drafted are in the game. Holy shit! Like nobody nobody was good enough. So I literally gave them like the two worst goalies on the free agent list. Otherwise, it's like what I get to make like 65 over. Excuse me, 65 overall. Scott Darling. It's crazy. Like no no goaltender like on that list was even like in the game at all. That's trippy. Okay, let's see. The 2007 NHL draft. Of course, Patrick Kane went number one. Out of the goalies, <laughs> four of them of the 20 drafted played an NHL game. Wow. Who were they? Pick number. <laughs> I don't know if you'd be able to name any. This would be very tough. Pick 83 to the San Jose Sharks. German goaltender. <gasps> oh, I know this. Grice. Shot. Wait, is that? No, it's not Thomas Not Grice. Thomas Grice. No, no, it's... he was way, way earlier, wasn't he? Yeah, fuck. Ooh. This guy bounced around quite a bit, played most of his career in Germany. Still actually plays today in German Tier 3 for a Degendorfer. <laughs> I don't know. Who was it? Oh. Timo Pielmeier? Oh, fuck, I don't even remember. Right? Pick 54 to Nashville with 10 career games played, which I'm honestly surprised he only has uh, 10 career games played. Uh, played for the Bruins for a little bit, too. Um, primarily the Providence Bruins, bounced around the NHL and mainly the AHL, has been with Kunlun Red Star in the KHL for the past three seasons. Jeremy Smith. <laughs> Basic-ass name. Who... On uh, Elite Prospects, it has, like, I guess the Chinese version of his name that I'm not even going to try to pronounce because yeah. it's interesting. With uh, So, Smith had, Peelmeyer had one game played. Smith had 10. With 11 games played in second place. Wow. <laughs> pick 158 to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, 
still playing as of this year in the RHL. The fuck is RHL? Uh, <laughs> it's a Canadian league, apparently. I'm trying to see what it's the Ranchland Hockey League <laughs> for the Innisfail Eagles. The league also includes now. This must be like northern like territories, but Fort McLeod Mustangs, Lethbridge Lightning, Nanton Palominos, and the Saxika Buffaloes. Wow. Uh, we have Alan York. <laughs> I don't even know these guys, man. Who hasn't played in one of the big three U.S. leagues since 2016. Damn. And the final man, the one everybody would know, the only goalie out of this group I think that people would know, formerly of the Chicago Shithawks, University of Maine products, also played for the Carolina Hurricanes for eight games. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, 43 games and then eight games. That's Darling, right? The, it is Scott yeah. Darling. There you go. Scott Darling is the best goalie and the only goalie to play more than 12 games out of the 2007 class. Wow. <laughs> brutal. Absolutely brutal. So, hey, look forward to that. I had a lot of fun, and we'll have a lot of fun recording that. Again, it'll be out in the next week or two. Final question, which will actually kind of bring us into uh, talking about the playoffs first rather than our general stuff. Come from Broken Wheelchair. Does Edmonton start next year with a completely new goalie duo? So let's shift uh, into talking. I'm just going to say how. They have both of them signed through next year. Do they really? Yes, Mike Smith got a two-year contract. Okay, and Koskinen's deal is up. Oh, is Smith it? Smith is still signed. Oh, yes. I thought Koskinen had at least another year because he I, got I a wasn't stupid sure. deal. He got a Stupid the deal. Shirelli, the Shirelli signing. God, yeah. Okay, I guess that's... Damn, it's been a long time. Those fucking pandemic seasons really fuck with my knowledge of like yeah. when, when a contract it's, it's okay. is up. I, I will allow it. I no thought, one can judge I, you Yeah, that. I thought him and Smith were lined up for some reason. So Colorado is up 3 to nothing in this series after winning Game 3 by the score of 4-2. to two. Uh, The game highlighted by some stupidity from Edmonton. Uh, Brad Malone at the end of the game. <laughs> first, and, first of all, Lowell, Brad Malone. Yeah, Brad Malone was in the lineup, you know, that kind of... <laughs> so was Roman Polak. <laughs> he might as well have been. No, wasn't he? I'm pretty sure no. he... He's not in the NHL anymore. Okay, this one I can't defend you for. Who oh, the are fuck you thinking was of Brett it? Kul- are you thinking of Brett Kulak? Yeah, oh, my... <laughs> Oh, goodness. (laughs) Yes. I can't blame you for just presuming that Edmonton would have Roman Polak when they have Duncan Keith and And, Chris Russell. And they have fucking Brad Malone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they do. And Derek Broussard and Kyle Turris as scratches. Like, (sighs) Hey, anyone who used to kind of be decent, get on this team. They so are, the idea, and we. Uh, no, go. <laughs> the idea of this team. Here's the problem, everybody, for you Oilers fans out there. You're fucked regardless. You come back and win this series. Cool, you go to the cup final. You lose this series. You made it to the conference final. Ken Holland is going nowhere. 
Which means you are fucked. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it does. This series has proven what we pretty much all suspected, only to have confirmed again. Connor McDavid and company can only take you so far. Leon Dreisaitl likely isn't 100%. That's definitely a factor. But at the end of the day, you knew, or at least you should have known, that it was once again a bad idea to rely on Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. And I know what people will say. Mike Smith has a 917 save percentage, and you are correct. Inflated. But Mike Smith has the consistency of baby shit. For lack of a better analogy. Good lord. There were, pl- there were plenty of better analogies, you disgusting person. <laughs> Point being, you don't want to put your hands on it, because odds are your chance of winning is just going to seep through. He saved himself, alright. <laughs> there you go. Like, look, it's not all Mike Smith's fault. His play has not nearly been as bad as my analogy. No. But it's been close at times. Yeah, it's been inconsistent as fook. At the same time, you don't have a goalie who can steal you a series. That's a fact. And you don't have the team in front of him to give Mike Smith the support to maybe pull off a miracle. And whoever would have thought that you weren't in that situation. Impossible to think. Impossible to think, not plus minus isn't the end-all be-all, but in limited sample sizes, it can be telling. Duncan Keith and Evan Bouchard are both minus five in this series as a second pair. You have Duncan Keith who's cooked, and you have a 22-year-old defender who is certainly more offensively inclined. Whoever would have thought that that would go relatively poorly. In terms of depth, Kane, McDavid, Cassian on your top line. Zach Cassian has three points in 15 games. But maybe he's the deterrent to stop people from cheap-shotting Connor McDavid, so he's worth it. That's what, isn't that what Kane is supposed to bring? Like, he also has that fucking physical yeah, presence. Yeah, and then he like, got suspended, and we'll talk about oh, yeah. that in a minute. Like, but that's the thing, like, I, I saw that lineup change, and, like, people are like, oh, now they're going to have a physical forechecking presence. I'm like, that's literally what Evander Kane is supposed to do. He's like a power forward. Like, yeah. bizarre. <laughs> Second line is Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, Hyman, who have been great. Then we get to the bottom six, and they've been running seven defenders. Warren Fogle, one point in 12 games. Boy, wouldn't it have been nice to have Ethan fucking Bear. Although he well, was... Carolina didn't play him either. He was injured. That's yeah. Car- well, Carolina lost too. That <laughs> <laughs> too. Well, he wanted to leave because he felt... To make it work! He makes your team better. He is one of the most marketable people, particularly to that region of Canada. He should be on every poster next to McDavid and Tricidal. I'm not saying exploit the guy, but in terms of some of the more you know negative looks that certain NHL teams have had, take what you can get when you have a positive that you can use to market your team, and he's good. You got rid of him for Warren Fogle, one point in 12 games. Ryan McLeod, another 22-year-old kid, four points in 15 games. That's fine. Yessi Pugliarvi, three points in 15 games. 
pretty rough for him. But he's also, in my opinion, being completely misplayed. Uh, his analytics are incredible. He makes lines better, and I don't know why they keep taking him out of the top six. It's weird to me, but... Ah. And this is a team that, again, they entrusted Cody Cece and Duncan Keith to anchor that fucking blue line. Like, I said this when, when the kind of conference finals matches were settled. Like, two GMs are going to get a lot of unwarranted credit for their team's success. One of them is Chris Drury, and the other one is Ken Holland. Now, Chris Drury did, mm-hmm. did much, much better at the deadline. You know, obviously, Cop yes. is a huge pickup, but their offseason was shit, and there's no revisionist history that can say that it wasn't are they having success yes eh, but it's i don't know I, I i still i still have a lot of questions about that roster they found something that works but are you gonna be able to count on Kreider to put up 50 again are you gonna be able to count on Kreider to do this in the playoffs again like maybe but yeah but yeah for edmonton like you said they're absolutely fucked because now ken holland i made it to the conference finals stamp that on my fucking resume forever yeah Fourth line, Brad Malone, obviously one game, no points, dumb penalties. Um, Derek Ryan on the fourth line, three points in 14 games. And in terms of scratches, Josh Archibald, one point in 13 games, minus five. And Kyler Yamamoto on cap friendly was still listed as a scratch. Not sure what the lines are going to be tonight for game four, but seven points in 14 games, but a minus six. Was he scratched and for an injury? Scratched. I, I, it, it doesn't say anything about an injury. Maybe he was injured and was out. But the bottom line is, anybody with two working eyes, no disrespect to the blind, could have seen that this roster has issues that they did not directly address. You didn't do enough for the forward core. You certainly didn't make the right moves on the defensive side of things. And here we are. You run into a team like Colorado. LOL, you lose. They picked up Arturi Lekkanen. They made the addition of someone like Josh Manson, who has had some negative moments, certainly, but they gave themselves more options, as opposed to Edmonton, where defensively, Nurse, CeCe, Keith, Bouchard, Kulak, Barry, Russell, and then healthy scratches of Philip Braberg, uh, Marcus Niemelainen, Dmitry Samarukov, who have an average age of, I believe, like 22 years old. Yeah. Like, you don't have the depth, you don't have the right pieces, and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl tried their fucking damnedest to put this team on their back, but you can only go so far. Yeah, Leon Dreisaitl's like on one ankle right now. It's pretty yeah. It's pretty sad to watch, but yeah. Yeah, and, which- and now this is the team that, again, I, I'm sorry, but... Even though Mark Bergevin went to the cup final last year, was it the right decision to get rid of him? Yes. But making it to the cup final saved his job for a little bit and put Montreal in a deeper hole than they should have been in to start the season. It might work out long term with the changes that they made, both at coaching and front office. But I can't imagine Ken Holland gets fired, but I am sorry. I I do not see it in the slightest. That man is a very experienced uh, fucking front office member and I say that because he's had just about every role under the sun dating back to 1987 Jesus. he's been doing this for longer than Sin and I have both been alive I respect the hell out of him but there comes a time when it's passed you by Lamorello with the New York Islanders for example like call it ageist if you want but the man's gonna turn 67 in November and has had now three years at the helm of this team 
as GM and president of Hockey Ops, and they have not gotten to a cup final. I don't care about a conference final. You have the best player, arguably, in the world. Some people, Toronto fans, some analytics folks will argue uh, Austin Matthews over Conor McDavid. You can have that discussion. I don't give a shit right now. The point is, you have all this talent. You have uh, McDavid signed to 12.5, which is a steal for him. And you have, now after this, if they lose tonight, three more years of dry cycle at 8.5. Then what? Then what? You have three years. You do. Because either you lose dry cycle or you have to pay him way too much money to keep him. You have three years to get this right. Do I have confidence in Ken Holland that he'll be able with three more years to get this right? No, I do not. So, do they have different goaltending next year? No, I imagine Mike Smith, if he doesn't retire, will at least be the backup. It'll probably be Mike Smith and Stuart Skinner. You know, and you could argue, like, oh, well, cleft bomb, the injuries, you can't plan for that. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have sympathy for you. Yeah. Like, you're still paying, well, let's see, Andre Sakara counts for $1.5 against the cap next year for a buyout. James Neal counts for about $1.9 for the next three seasons. Like, there was mismanagement before Ken Holland got here, and there's been mismanagement since he got here. Yeah. Bottom line. And now we're looking at this series. Colorado up three to nothing. Evander Kane suspended for one game. Spin the wheel. Let's be honest. You remember the Shifley hit? Like there there have been some hits in the playoffs where it's like, okay, yeah, more than one game. It's shocking he only got a game. It's almost it's shocking he only got a game. But at the same time, surprising that they actually did suspend him. Yeah. I think they suspended sure him because it's Kane. Like, But they could have suspended him because that hit was brutal. And the takes yeah. are wild trying to bend yourself over backwards saying Kadri injured himself by throwing himself in the boards. Like, dude, calm the Sigh of down. relief. Yeah. A sigh of relief from Evander Kane, though, as he doesn't have to pay a fine. Oh, there you go. But don't you don't you <laughs> sacrifice money? Oh, no, because it's, it's out of the regular season, so he's not actually sacrificing yeah. salary. Yep, mm. he's good to go. No worries. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it was a five-minute boarding call in the game. Nazem Kadri out. Uh, it's a finger injury, I do believe, was the official call. Yes, he had surgery. This is from the Athletic literally right now. He had surgery today on his thumb. Uh, not ruled out for a postseason return, but definitely won't be back for the series, uh, which means game four. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, it's it was a cheap hit from a cheap player on a guy with a history. So you'll have... Okay. The hit itself, we both know where we stand on it. Bullshit hit, rightful suspension. That's fine. Where do you stand, without saying the name of this person, people will be able to read between the lines, where do you stand on the idea of, quote, giving people a platform? And what I mean by that, do you put bad takes on blast to try and essentially shame this person into that, like, how fucking stupid are you? Or do you want to ignore it and not put the spotlight on it? Which one do you think is more effective or neither effective? I think it depends on the context. Um, if this person thrives off of wanting to have, uh, wanting to be adored needing that adoration in some kind of way then you absolutely put them on blast because that that kind of affects them in a hard way um Mm -hmm. other things yeah i don't know i'm i think i i'm more on the side of expose everything because 
the more you try to coddle people, the more you try to shelter people from these ideas that are bad without saying, hey, this is bad, and look at every, look at the majority of people that think this is bad, the more that you have these people able to hide in the shadows with shitty-ass ideas, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm just more on the side of expose people to bad things, like, you know, especially, I, I don't know, I can get into it even deeper, but like, yeah, you know, kids should be taught the brutal fucking history. Because they should have a, 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 a good idea of what of what this you know things mean. And people should have a good idea about what a formal official thinks because it gives context to the state of the game. Sorry, I know I kinda No, ca- I mean called no, it out, this, but is the, this is the direction I hope you were going for. Yeah, um like, Tim Peel. Yeah, it's that's a bull like what the fuck? He deleted it too. So he knows it's shit. But oh, he's, he has he's, a tendency of deleting tweets. But he doubles down on things, too, at the same time. He needs to be called out because he knows. And he's letting his emotions get the better of him. And I know he's going to be defended by all these motherfuckers who say, you know, I, logical and fact argument. But you follow these emotional fucking guys constantly. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line between, you can tell he just loves the attention and loves to troll. Um, You know, he had a tweet, fun fact, he hosts a referee camp, God help us all. Yeah, Um, I saw that. But he he put out on, yeah, social media, no microphones at this camp, trying to lean into it. It's like, Tim, no one's one's laughing with you. You are, and people like you, are what's wrong with the game. And the idea of tweeting that Nazem Kadri when he gets driven into the boards, the idea that that's karma, and then you delete the tweet. Like, here's the thing. If you're going to do that, stand by it. Yeah. Stand by it. I have no problem tweeting out there that I think the Rangers are going to get swept. I don't delete the tweet when I'm wrong. Nope. Stand by your words or don't. Be a man is basically what it comes down to. Yeah. And the fact that you have, who essentially is a child, I'm sorry, if you can't stand by a tweet, you are a child internally that's what it is if you can't stand by a tweet the fact that we have had a child kind of become like rightfully so he is the face of nhl officials even though he's no longer an official yeah because of what happened during the pandemic because of this bullshit on twitter if i was a referee in the nhl right now i would be telling this guy to please shut the fuck up because you're not making it better for us and you're not even here anymore yep just a scumbag yeah he's a scumbag he's gutless and here's the attention you ordered, sir. Because you're irrelevant. The only time people talk about you is in the context of what a joke you are. If that's what you want, sure, take it. But, again, child. No other way to word it. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Just, like, what, it's it's crazy to think. Like, you don't, you think about referees as supposedly, like, we've been, they're supposed to be these impartial people. And, like, I don't know how I can, like, the way he talks, like, the way he, like, talks about players, especially, like, he clearly has players he likes and doesn't like. Mm -hmm. He's not the only one, guys. Like, this isn't some outlier, Mm -hmm. like, at all. I'm not going to say they're all like Tim Peel, but where there's one, there's more. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, this is, this is a culture. It is. This is such a deep, (laughs) cocky culture issue. And I don't care if you're tired of hearing about it. We're tired of witnessing it. We're tired of it being part of hockey culture. Like, it's insane. Like, he piled on, was like, and really instigating at times, piling on Leah Hextall. Is she good at play-by-play? Maybe not. Did she get it from nepotism? Maybe. But there's more to him piling on. 
it's a fucking dog whistle. And you know what kind of dog whistle it is? I'm sorry. Like, that, she could be... Two things can be true. She could be bad at what she does, and people can be misogynistic as fuck. Tim Peel is one of those, and he uses that to rile up people that he wants to support and follow him. Period. Now, the other big story here is on the other side of things. Obviously, Kadri's out. Colorado, pretty good depth. I think they've proven that, uh, primarily by the fact in goal. As Pablo Francois has stepped in after the injury to Darcy Kemper, and the Avs, based off of Francois' performances, uh, they have joined the list of now multiple uh, of teams with multiple goalies to hit five or more wins in a single postseason. Now, there are apparently only six teams to have ever been in this set of circumstances. The three oldest ones, uh, Montreal back in 1969, nice. Uh, like Rogie Vachon, Gump Worsley, 7-5 in terms of that split. Boston in 72, winning the Cup. Jerry Cheevers and Eddie Johnston both played six games. And then in 1980 uh, for Philadelphia, Pete Peters and Phil Meyer. Do you know the three most recent? Obviously, one of them now is Kemper and Francois. So the two most recent before that. Of cup-winning teams, does it have to, or, or just teams in the Not playoffs? Not cup-winning teams, just teams in the playoffs. But Ooh. obviously, to hit five wins each, you had to go pretty far. Yeah, let me think here. Um, so 2010, this one hits home for me. Not directly at home, but it hits home for me. Huh. 2010, huh? Yeah. i to think here. I know, I, I always put you on the spot with these, but it's... Would it have fun. been Niemi and... Habibule? Good guess. Shit. It is the team that they played in the cup final. Who did they play in 20? Oh, was it Boston in 2010? No, it was you guys in... Yeah, it was you guys in 15. Oh, would it be... Shit, who was on Philly at that time? Can he name the goalies? Oh, no. (laughs) Was one of them Emery... Did they had Emery after Not that? Not Razor. Shit, no, I don't know then. I'm, it was Michael Layton and Brian Boucher. Oh, okay, for the yeah. Flyers, an 8-6 split. Of course, Boucher ended up taking over by the end of the playoffs, yeah. and they almost pulled it off. And then 2017 <laughs> was the other duo in more recent times. Yeah, I th- okay. That wasn't who I was thinking of. Um, 2017. It's another, it's another tough one, but it's a funny one now uh, with the way the past couple of years have played out. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Eastern, who, who's Eastern in, Conference team. Oh, Eastern Conference? Shit. That makes it even harder yeah. for me. I know. Uh, oh! Yes. Zatkoff. Murray. You're half right. Zatkoff Flurry? <laughs> Or was it Flurry Murray? Fucking hell. It's Flurry Murray. God damn go. it. When was the Zatkoff year? Was that 2016? <laughs> I, I think so. He might not have won five either. I know he kind of just played but the yeah, first But yeah, it was round. the uh, Flurry nine games, Murray seven. For the 2017 Cup run for the Packers. Ah. It's amazing it's only happened that few times. It is. You think about all the good mm-hmm. goaltender tandems. But yeah, usually teams, like, they ride one person throughout the playoffs. So... For Edmonton, obviously, it's a lot more doom and gloom. For Colorado, well, they have four opportunities to close out this series, yep. and I'm sorry, but even without Nazem Kadri, you still bank on their ability uh, to do that. Oh, yeah. Certainly. I mean, Pablo Francois has a 920 save percentage in five games. 
Right, a two, good. three, seven goals against average. You allow three goals or less. Odds are with Colorado in front of you, you're going to be able to win it. Yeah, that's just how it works. So, uh, game four is tonight for the Oilers. Uh, apparently, Dylan Holloway, 14th overall pick in 2020, will be making his NHL debut for the Oilers. Good luck, kid. Holy shit. I, again, I don't know who's replacing Kadri for Colorado. I mean, you know, someone like JT Comfort could certainly step up. Like they have people, they have the insulation. Yeah. Um, you know, they got their good amount of role players and then the star players at the top. Do the Avalanche end it tonight in Edmonton or do you still give the Oilers a game? I think the Oilers might take a game because I think the Avs could, are going to have to adjust to Kadri, but at the same time, man, the Avs have been so, so good. And, and again, Edmonton's depth scoring disappeared. <laughs> and, it's again, it's just back to the Connor McDavid show, and he can't do it. And this is what they always – it's like how many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like, seriously, like, this, is, this is what fucking Edmonton is. They're Connor McDavid and then a team around him that's never, ever good enough. And now his, his sidekick – you know, Robin to his Batman has a half like he has one foot. <laughs> Basically, this is from ESPN stats and info to round us out. If the Avs complete the sweep tonight, they would be the first team since the 03 Mighty Ducks of Anaheim to complete a pair of best of seven series sweeps in one postseason. Wow. Which is kind of ridiculous. It's kind of nuts. But there you go. We'll see if Colorado punches their ticket to the Stanley Cup final tonight. On the other side, the New York Rangers won game two the night of our last podcast to take a 2 to nothing series lead. They handed Tampa their first back-to-back losses in the playoffs since the infamous Columbus series. It was 18 straight wins after losing a game for the Lightning. But they do win game three. They were down 2 to nothing. Come back to win it 3-2 in regulation. Andre Palat, super late winner to get it done. It was his 10th career game-winning goal in the playoffs, which makes him the new Bolts uh, franchise record holder. Will that be remembered as a game that Rangers fans uh, have really, you know, that will haunt them essentially for a long time to come because you had that opportunity to actually yeah, go up three to nothing? I think so. I think, it's, I, I, and man... The, the way the Bolts are, Rangers, you fucked up. You gave, you just gave that team life. like, And that's the worst possible thing that you want to do, if the, especially if the Lightning come back and win this next game. Rangers are fucked, man. Like, I, and, I, and I would be, honestly, I'd kind of be shocked if the Lightning don't come back and win this next game. Uh, I, did, I really didn't like the Rangers game in that at all, like, especially down the stretch. They were so lazy, so lazy. And Truba's being paid 8 mil to play like that. Or seven mil, whatever the hell he's making, some ridiculous amount that shocks me every time I see it for a player eight, like that. Eight mil, ridiculous. Eight mil. How is Trumba? Twenty twenty six. Jacob Trumba. How's Trumba? Uh, Jacob Trumba. <laughs> How's he making eight fucking mil, man? <sighs> so, I view this as if the Rangers win this next game, they win the series. I think most people do. You go up three one, you probably got it in the bag, <laughs> Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> You know, because I, I think to me, if the Lightning can't win game four on home ice, it almost views that, okay, the tank is probably empty, yeah. especially without Braden Point. If there's a team that could be- come back from 3-1, it is Tampa. But 
for the Rangers, up 3-1, game five, potentially game seven on home ice. I just don't see them losing. Like yeah. This feels like the series, I believe, now on Tuesday night. And, you know, the funny thing is, like, you know, still, like, the stars are showing up for the Rangers. I mean, Shesterkin only allowed three goals against Tampa, for God's sakes. Kreider scored in that game, uh, in that game three. Zabanajad, who apparently inherited Alex Ovechkin's ability for the best one-timer in the league. Like, legitimately now, if you ask me who has the best one-timer, like, I'm going to bring up Ovi, Pasternak, and Zabanajad. When the hell did that happen? But here we are. Holy shit, does he have a cannon of a shot. The Lightning, while they're kind of uh, battling the curse of Corey Perry, or people, as people are trying to deem it, because, of course, Corey Perry just hasn't been able to get over the hump in terms of these uh, these late playoff runs. So, I don't know. I, I'm super intrigued by the next game. I can't wait to, to watch it. It's just a matter of, do the Lightning have enough left in the tank? And the problem is... You gave, you gave them hope. That's the only thing I can't escape. You gave them hope heading into Game 4 in their own building. Similar to what Colorado had to do against the Blues in Round 2. Yep. This is the time for the Rangers to prove... Like, look, I already think you're legit. They have proven me wrong. They came back against Pittsburgh, and I said, eh, maybe Pittsburgh blew it a bit. And then they beat Carolina. And I said, if you beat Carolina, I'll, I'll believe you're legit. And I do. There's a difference between legit and true, true cup contender. Mm -hmm. Now, you're in the Final Four. Obviously, you have a chance at the cup. You might be my favorite to win it if you win in Game 4 in Tampa. They might be. Because I look at Colorado, the Kadri X factor of not knowing if he'd be available, let alone at 100%. Not knowing if Kemper will be there. And Franzos has played well, but are you going with Igor Shesterkin or Pavel Franzos? Yeah. You know? If the Rangers win this fourth game, I think they win this series. And while the consensus will be to likely choose Colorado, sorry, Oilers fans, I I genuinely think if the Rangers win game four, that they could win the Stanley Cup, which is fucking insane. Because they are further along than they should be, yet they could still get it done. At the same time, they didn't get it done with Henrik Lundqvist, so maybe not. Maybe we're jumping the gun. Yeah, that's that's what I'm. That's my my thing about them is they are still a team with not enough scoring depth, uh, um, and a, and a fantastic goaltender. Again, you're having you you bet. I, I'm on the stage of you better win New York because you are having lightning in a bottle right now with the way Kreider's season has gone, with the way this entire thing has come together for you guys, the way that you were, like, one of the top NHL teams with, like, an even goal differential for, like, a quarter of the fucking season. That's stupid. That shouldn't happen. This is, yeah, this is their moment. Like, and I'm... I'm <laughs> I, I've had to eat my words numerous times for the Rangers. I'll do it again. I don't think they, they have what it takes to win a cup, even against a Colorado that's plucked. Um, I don't know how, you know, have they faced an offense as good as what Colorado's going to bring to them on the eastern side? Penguins? Eh. Carolina? Not Gens really. Gensel was fucking elite. Yeah, Gensel. But, I mean, really was. they're going to have McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, maybe Kadri at some point. Yeah. Uh, McCarr. 
Car- Carolina can't match. They Carolina can't. couldn't match that potential offensive output. Yeah. The Lightning are obviously close. I mean, Stamkos, yeah. Kucherov, Palat, but they're also without Braden Point. And he's their 1C. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, obviously, Shashurkin goaltenders are great. I just, I, can, can their defense, you know, stop that relentless assault of, uh, of Colorado? Obviously, you know, Colorado against Mike Smith, that's <laughs> no real comparison, but still, like, that's a potent-ass offense. I don't know. Yeah, I think the Rangers could do it if they take this next game, but don't count out the Bolts yet. Yeah, they may be tired, but what they did in that last game was... that. That's one of those moments where you look back on and you think that could be a fucking turning point in this series. They Even that series up, Rangers are in a whole heap of trouble. Championship-caliber teams find ways to win mm-hmm. in situations like that. Last thing I wanted to talk about in regards to the ongoing playoff series, and uh, I'm only bringing this up because last night at the end of my stream I had a good long-time viewer, shout out to Fox, one of my favorite Norwegians, uh, who is a noted Lightning fan, mentioning Igor Shesterkin and flopping. And Rangers fans everywhere just got pissed. Now here's the thing. I don't really have a take as to, and despite this being Tukey's take, I don't really have a take. On whether or not Shesterkin wow. was flopping and we're like Toogie's so fake, forth. am I right? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For me, I am at the point where I don't give a fuck if somebody dives or flops or embellishes. Why wouldn't you? The NHL and the standard of officiating have allowed the game to get to the point where no matter how much hockey fans hate the comparison because they're a a real physical sport, it's at a basketball level, it's at a soccer level. Do what you got to do. If the refs are going to be bad enough at your job, it's the old Eddie Guerrero saying, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. If you're not trying to take advantage of officials who are wholly incompetent, you're not doing your job right. So, has Shesterkin embellished calls? Probably. And good for him. I'm not saying I endorse it, but I understand it. And it's a part of the continued issue of the league being as poorly mismanaged as it is, which is why I'm not surprised or outraged about it, because nothing had... Similar to other debates, nothing has changed and nothing is likely to change. So you just gotta kind of, like, you you can push for change, but at the same time, when there are examples of things happening again, like a goalie diving... Read between the lines. Um, you're not surprised by it, even though you can be frustrated by it. America. Last things I wanted to talk about in more of a general category. Uh, Patrice Bergeron won a record-breaking fifth Patrice Bergeron award. Name this fucking trophy after him. Fuck you if you don't. This is this man's trophy. No disrespect to Frank J. Selke, who was the GM of the Leafs and the Habs. He was a nine-time Stanley Cup champion, and he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. Just let me have my moment, okay? I understand his significance and importance to the yeah, history there's of only like two teams and the NHL. Then, that's fine. The man was born in 1983, and his middle name was Aloysius. Like, for the love of God. <laughs> Maybe it was Aloysius? Francis Joseph A-L-O-Y-S-I-U-S. 
Aloysius? 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 I have no clue. Aloysius. <laughs> Abracadabra. Who's, whose uh, fucking middle name is this? Frank Selke. Frank J. Selke. Oh. The, not Frank J.A. Selke because he's like, ah, fuck it. People won't know how to say it anyway. I was born in the 1890s. I'm learning. I'm looking this up. Hold on. <laughs> What's his full fuck? I got I to gotta try to pronounce. Oh, my God. That's the name of the episode. <laughs> In case you were wondering. I thought it was going to be lightning in a bottle, but nope, it's Alo- Aloysius. Let's see here. <laughs> oh, I'm looking up a YouTube video how to say it, because I have no fucking I, idea. I've had an easier time loining? Lo- lo- loining finish. Fucking god damn. Anyway. Um, while Sin tries to get the pronunciation of that down right, uh, Bergeron discovered that he had elbow surgery. His future's still undecided. A lot of Bruins have had off-season surgeries here. Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, Mike Riley. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Um, yeah, okay. Yep. Big off-season for Don Sweet. Aloysius. Big, big off-season. Hopefully Bergeron comes back. That's a Say it again? Aloysius. Uh, in, in, if you're going with right. the English way, yeah, it's Aloysius. I, oh my god, at least on one of my attempts I was right. I think that was the first or second one mm-hmm. I said. Aloysius, Aloysius? Aloysius, yeah. Okay. Hey, fair enough. So Patrice Bergeron is the greatest defensive hockey player of all time. Forward or defender. He will be a Hockey Hall of Famer. And um, I love him. Dearly. No, he's Another good, Selkie. Yeah. He deserved it. If you disagree, suck a fat one. Like, anyone who hates the Bruins like. likes Patrice Bergeron. Like... Bruins! Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyone who has ever hated the Bruins or anyone on the Bruins or thought they were dirty, you never ever kept any of that for, for Patrice Bergeron. He was pure class, like, all the way through. And, yeah, he was the most incredible defensive forward of all time. I'm not convinced that he, or I, I am convinced, uh, and you can't not convince me, that uh, he isn't the second coming of Jesus Christ. <laughs> That was Michael Jackson, he is, okay? He is he is God's God's gift to man. Patrice Bergeron, your favorite of mine. The Gospel Jerry of Price. New England. <laughs> Trademark. Carey <laughs> uh, Price won the Masterton, which is still the weirdest fucking award in the sport. Hey, what did you suffer through? <laughs> You suffered the most, or conquered, like, literally the finalists an impressional. were were Carey Price, who basically overcame an addiction struggle, Zdeno Chara, who's old, <laughs> and Kevin Hayes, whose brother passed away at an incredibly unfortunate age. The fuck? Like, what are we doing comparing these? Have 32 Mastertons. Fuck. Like, it'd be, have it be like every Masterton winner, or every team's nominee for the Masterton Gets $10,000 to a charity of their choice. The fuck are we doing saying, like, comparing these these struggles? I don't care. It's very weird. It's, it's very when the finalist is old. It's very much a Prussian Olympics. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very, priv- like, yeah. It's essentially like, hey, let's, uh. Fuck. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so, so weird. Like, last year's Masterton. Was Oscar Lindblom, who overcame cancer, alongside Matt Dumba, I'm pretty sure for standing up for social justice, mm-hmm. and Patrick Marlowe, who's old. 
<laughs> it's like the same script every year. All right, we need an old guy, a, sur- a fucking survivor of some disease, and then oh my god, and then it, oh you know, oh my god, like it's the fucking dumbest. Remember like, when Robin Lehner? Robin Lehner. Ryan Getzloff finished in fourth. Why old? <laughs> Kyle Ocpozo, he went through some health shit. Throw him on there. Brian Boyle, old, overcame some health shit. Tarasenko, health shit. Jack Eichel, health shit. Justin Danforth. Okay. No disrespect. <laughs> and then you have one person with the third place vote, Jared Spurgeon, Jared who Spurgeon. tried to decapitate someone's ankle. Can you even call that decapitation if it's an ankle instead of the head? I don't fucking know. What is this award? I like it in NHL. It's just the defenseman on the shittest team who did okay. Yeah, who's the who has the worst plus minus? You win the master, Tim, for not jumping off a bridge. <laughs> NHL 22. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. God. But Carey Price won the master, everybody. Um, he now holds the record, the Habs franchise record, for most uh, trophies won by a single, basically different trophies. He's won a Jennings, a Vesna, a Lindsay, a Hart, a Masterton. <clears throat> there's one there's one trophy that's absent um because his management blew the fact that they had the best goalie of his generation he's no longer that goalie and that's okay what are you talking about get it press number one goalie there you go oh. uh and the final two things uh, on a bit of a down note it sucked yesterday literally yesterday the news came out that and look it's not fair to her and hopefully she eventually kind of overcomes this. But she is currently known as Jerome Ginla's daughter, Jada Ginla. She was named to the uh, Team Canada Under-18 Worlds squad. And then, like, the next day, it's confirmed that she suffered an injury and won't be able to play. Poor girl. Blows. That fucking sucks. Because who is not rooting for the children of Jerome Ginla? His son was drafted in the WHL by the Seattle T-Birds. Who's not rooting for Iggy's kids to, to just dominate the hockey world, you know? And how awesome is it that, like, Wayne Gretzky's kids didn't try to play hockey. They're like, fuck that. I'm not comparing Jerome McGinnell to Wayne Gretzky, except I am, and Jerome's better. But. <laughs> Oilers fans everywhere are just Oilers like, fans what the fuck? Put a hit. Flames fans put a are just sitting back. They got, like, that fucking Le- <laughs> the Leonardo I'm DiCaprio meme. the real battle of Alberta. Yeah. Like, if I ever go to Calgary to visit good friend Crash Andrews. Oilers fans are going to invade the city, and there's going to be a war. Oh, man. I don't think I'm going to be allowed in Canada, at least not in the prairies. Holy shit. Uh, but, yeah, best wishes to her, and, uh, you know, very intrigued to see what happens next. And then speaking of the <laughs> the Oilers, Wayne Gretzky's final Oilers jersey sold at auction for $1.45 million to become the most expensive hockey jersey of all time. Sin, is that as big of a flex as the buyer thinks it is? Not really. Like, what are you going to say that? You're, you're, you're essentially buying a jersey with an NFT attached to it. Here's something that says this has significance of some sort. I don't know. That's just me, though. I've never been huge on the collectibles and shit like that and the jerseys, and this is so special. No, I mean, like, but, like, you can you collect jerseys and shit. But, like, these, he spent $1.1.5 on a Gretzky jersey because it, yeah. it was supposedly the last one he ever used. How do you verify that? Essentially, like I said, that's an NFT. I mean, and, I guess it was. Like, properly verified. But, yeah, at the same time. Whatever. Like, it's worth it to Like, him. is it cool? Yeah. 
But like, if I were to go to your house, if you're willing to spend 1.45 million, you probably have so much that that's nothing to you. For us, 1.45 right. million, I could literally live off probably for the rest of my life. Well, that's what I was gonna <laughs> say, right? Like, if if I go to your house, which I wouldn't be allowed to because I'm lower middle class trash, but if I were to go to this person's house, well, you're talking about mine. I'm like, excuse, what the fuck you take me uh, for? Well, I mean, fuck, you live in California, so you're doing better than I could. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can afford that shit. Holy <laughs> hell, come to Maine, shit's cheap. I would, I would love um, to. <laughs> this summer the guest room it's on the other side of that wall the door is always open um i like i'd look at it and be like that's cool as shit and walk away yeah <laughs> like that's that's it it's that instant like i guess that's what you're after if you're willing to spend almost one and a half million dollars on a hockey jersey is that two second moment where i'm like hey that's cool because that's just that that's got to be like a sexual thrill for you like it's like in Ted. This is Lance Armstrong's testicle. I had it. I had it gilded in gold. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> Let us know, everybody. Would you rather have Wayne Gretzky's final Oilers jersey or Lance, Lance Armstrong's testicle plated in gold? Let us know. We thank you very much for listening to another edition of the Tookie's Take Podcast. Check out Sin on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, on Spotify at Paul Cinders. I am everywhere at Tookie24. We will see you later on this week. And go Oilers! There you go. There's your one positive bit, Oilers fans. Go Oilers! Woo! Ken Holland, let the roller coaster never end. You know what it is? It's basically that fucking... Did you see this? Fuck it. I could have ended the show there. I'm going to derail my own podcast. That was a perfect outro. On on social media yesterday, something took off where it's like, oh, someone designed a death coaster that was literally designed as like a euthanasia option where there's so many loops that the G-forces would essentially stop like the blood flow to your brain and by the end of it, you'd be dead. <laughs> that... That's the Ken Holland roller coaster. This is how capitalism breeds innervation, motherfuckers. How would you like <laughs> I to tie? I have so much money that I'm going to buy Wayne Gretzky's final Oilers jersey, Lance Armstrong's testicle, and build a roller coaster that will fucking kill you. God bless America and good day. <laughs> <laughs>